Good morning. Welcome to South Suburban Christian Church this morning. Uh, we are celebrating today Freedom and Democracy Sunday, as it's identified in the calendar of the Christian Church. Uh, the rest of the world, or at least the rest of the nation, calls it Independence Day, or the 4th of July. Uh, we are grateful that you are here this morning. Thank you for joining us as our nation celebrates uh, that date which marks our independence. And this great experiment of the Democratic Republic has uh, been an ongoing uh, work in progress. And by God's grace, we continue uh, to realize how we might live together uh, celebrating uh, freedom. Uh, the text that I want to share with you today comes from the Gospel of John. So if you have your Bibles with you, I'd invite you to turn to John chapter 8 if you're following along with us on your Version Bible app or whatever Bible app you have on your phone or iPad. Uh, we encourage you, however it is that you read God's Word. Uh, we would encourage you to turn to John chapter 8, beginning in verse 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Here ends the reading of God's holy and perfect word. May he add his blessings and his understanding to it. Amen. I really am glad that you're here today. I have heard uh, through the grapevine and in some news stories that some churches have actually canceled their services for today in observance of Independence Day. Well, uh, we didn't, as you can see, and we're grateful that uh, you have come this morning. I want to share with you a message today that... I hope will encourage you, especially as you go through your observances with your family or friends or neighborhood this afternoon, to be thinking about the words that Jesus is saying to us today here in the Gospel of John. The text that I read to you is just a few verses, but there's three words that I pray that you will remember. The words, the, the, and it's the first point of my message, the words to remember are word truth, and free. If you abide in my word, Jesus says, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. This lesson that I've read to you today literally changed the world. A lot of folks may not know that. But this passage of Scripture, those verses that I just read to you today, had a significant impact on a guy who many, 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 many years ago sat down and wrote out a document on a piece of parchment that led to a devastating war that divided the lands in which he lived into two camps, the North and the South. Well, no, it wasn't the Revolutionary War, nor was it the Civil War but it was the Protestant Reformation. 259 years before 1776, without sparklers, without fireworks, without hot dogs or parades, an Augustinian monk named Martin Luther posted 95 theses on the doors of his church that announced to the world that Christ had come to give us freedom, not enslave us to human rules that were not consistent with scripture he said word truth free 
If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The war that followed the Protestant Reformation initially just skirmishes that escalated to what is known in history as the Thirty Years' War. It engulfed all of Europe and divided that continent, Protestants in the north, Roman Catholics in the south, and claimed the lives of literally millions of people. And it all came from Martin Luther having read these exact verses, these words of Jesus, and connecting in his mind and in his heart those three words I shared with you. Word, truth, free. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Freedom. Luther believed, was a gift from Jesus Christ, the Son of God and God the Son. You might say that freedom is the inalienable right given to all human beings by God. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> it's very similar to how our framers of our own uh, Constitution and Declaration of Independence understood that relationship. The framers of our democratic republic were not always in agreement but I think that they would concede to this point, I'm sure. They had inherited a tradition, if you will, of understanding of the relationship between God and humanity that stretched back through the Enlightenment all the way to the Protestant Reformation. Word, truth, free. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. What I'd like to do is work backwards now as we go through this passage in God's Word. Point two, freedom assumes enslavement, and the truth will set you free. I've told you all before about a good friend of mine, Gregory Bryant, who is a Christian church pastor who serves in Detroit and has written a book entitled The American Church in Black and White. Throughout his ministry, <coughs> he has served uh, predominantly white congregations uh, equally as he has served predominantly African-American congregations. He understands the differences that exist in churches racially, racially and culturally. He knows what he's talking about because he's been there. He laments the ongoing segregation, the lack of diversity in the church, and he gives three reasons for uh, these differences. Number one, uh, a difference in understanding of pastoral authority and the role of the pastor. Number two, worship style. No one's surprised there. And number three, different cultural experiences that influence how different groups of people interpret and apply Scripture. Now, folks who study this give this a big fancy name. It's called the hermeneutical method. And I'm about to engage in a hermeneutical method with you when I talk about freedom. That is, is that I'm going to share with you a perspective that may or may not resonate with you depending on where you come from, your experiences in your life. You're going to hear these words differently than other folks who might be listening uh, or watching today. For example, if you're North Korean, you're going to hear this idea about freedom differently than if you're South Korean. 
if uh, you're a white folk or, or, or black folks or poor folks or rich folks or Latino or Hispanic or Pacific Islanders, we all bring a unique perspective of our own shared experiences and our own culture as we try to read God's Word, which is for all human beings. And at the same time, we also bring our own individual perspectives as well. Our unique life experiences, our shared life experiences, our personalities. Some of us uh, look at the world as it's always an issue between aggressor and victim. Others see the world as one big pool party where everybody gets to have hot dogs and ice cream. For some, it's one burden after another. And for another, it's one blessing after another. Life can be complicated, can it? It's incredibly easy for others, some might think. I don't know. But I do know this. These folks that Jesus is talking to are still in Egypt because they're still practicing some level of denial. I know that's a really bad joke, isn't it? But when Jesus talks about freedom, for those that are listening to him, it assumes that they are enslaved. When he says you can be free, the assumption from Jesus' perspective is they are slaves. And yet, when those folks heard that declaration of independence by Jesus, they responded by saying, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. Really? Not when they were in Egypt before Moses led them out of the land of bondage? Not when the Philistines invaded their land during the time of the judges, between when they had arrived to the promised land and before King Saul became their monarch. As a matter of fact, the Philistines were so uh, egregiously oppressive <clears throat> that they even regulated the ways in which the Hebrews sharpened their axes and farm implements. Not when the Assyrians carried off as captives the people of the northern kingdom or when the Babylonians did the same to the southern kingdom of Judah. Not when Antiochus Epiphanes, that Greek general of the Greek empire, desecrated the temple in Jerusalem by uh, raising a statue of Zeus in it. Or when Pompey, that general of the Roman legions, marched into Jerusalem and claimed that city for the Roman Empire and the emperor. We have never been slaves to anyone. It's a flat denial of the facts. It's a dream. It's a delusion that they somehow are not able to see. You've seen the same kind of prisoners in your life, I'm sure. You may be that kind of prisoner. The alcoholic who won't admit to his drinking problem. The woman who refuses to talk about her three-month affair. The business person who refuses to see that their addiction to work and money is literally killing and ripping apart their family. You've seen yourself caught in the same denial, the same dream, the same delusion. And the fact is, the truth is, none of us can say we have 
never been slaves of anyone. Jesus hammers this home with the hard reality in just a few verses there uh, after what I read to you in John 8, 34. Jesus answered them, the text says, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave of sin. That's us. Trapped in sin. Locked in habits we cannot beat and bondage we cannot break. And worse still, we often live in denial, saying the same things that these folks here had said. We have never been slaves of anyone. But sin makes us slaves. Sin makes everyone prisoners. Everyone is powerless to break free. Some of you who are older probably remember the <clears throat> radio commentator Paul Harvey. He actually tells a, a wonderful story, a true story, as a matter of fact, of an experiment involving uh, Washia, a chimpanzee. Washia had been... Um, captured by the U.S. military to serve in the space race of the 1960s. But unfortunately, he was too large to, to fit into their program, and so uh, they gave him to a group of scientists who were studying how well one could train uh, other primates, chimpanzees, uh, gorillas, to communicate in sign language. So for 14 years, Project directors labored with this chimpanzee, providing all the comforts that they could think of. Washia had all the food that he could want, toys to play with, a clean space to live in. And for 14 years, they taught Washia the chimpanzee symbols in a cage to help him form syllables. And finally, as their training began to come to its conclusion, they were able to get this chimpanzee to a point where he would be able to communicate with words. They were going to make a tremendous spectacle of it in the research center. And as the word got out, other scientists working on other projects crowded into the room and they all watched breathlessly as the researchers and Washia the chimpanzee in this cage began to communicate with one another, symbol to symbol, syllable to syllable, word to word, and sentence to sentence. And at last, the first message from the world's most pampered, most cared for, most patiently trained chimpanzee was about to come forth. The scientists could hardly contain themselves as they pressed around the cage to watch the history-making sentence. And what were the first words this chimpanzee would communicate to the world? Three words. <laughs> Let me out. I don't think it was the best PR project that uh, allowed for the world to, to appreciate what they were doing. But it proved the point. A point for all of creation. We all want to be free some of you my brothers and sisters may find yourselves in a cage a cage of an addictive behavior like high anxiety or unpredictable anger or biting sarcasm yes i've seen some of your social media posts 
Some know the dark world of internet pornography. Others are changed, chained to a grudge that won't let you be free until there's some sort of revenge. And even for some of you where revenge has finally come to pass, you find that the chains have not been loosed. Still others are fighting an inner battle with a skeleton in your closet that's rattling louder and louder. And you're afraid that the world might know, your family might know, and you're doing everything you can to keep it secret. Whatever your particular sin, it has left you in a cage of despair, of darkness, and death. Like Washia, your heart is breaking, and you want out of your cage. And you know that the devil enjoys seeing you enslaved. In that same chapter, in John chapter 8, this time in verse 44, Jesus describes this liar, that is the devil. He says, you are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Man, that hurts. And yet at the same time, the reason it hurts is because it's true. Word, truth, free. For many of us, day after day, we scream hopelessly, let me out. Yet the liar keeps whispering to us, there is no way out. Do something drastic, the devil says. Cut and run. Throw in the towel. Give in. Give out. And give up. For you have lost. Oh yeah? Point three. The Word hears you. Word, truth, free. My brothers and my sisters, Jesus has heard our cry, let me out. And he responds with this promise from the text we read to you today. The truth will set you free. What is that truth? Our striving, our planning does not achieve liberation. Our best efforts, our ingenuity are no help. None. It is the truth that sets us free. And the fireworks of John's gospel announces that truth. Not some sort of public shaming or post to which you are tied so that the community and those that you love whip you. No, that's a lie too. The truth is, that Jesus Christ is the liberator of all of us. He is the truth. John, in the beginning of his gospel, foreshadows the truth. He writes, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. Listen to what Jesus says. I am the way and the truth and the life. Jesus says He is the truth that sets us free. 
Remember last week when we talked about what the gospel is, and we're going to begin delving into that even more significantly as we begin our new series in Ephesians about the gospel. What is the gospel? It is about the person of Christ, what He did, and how His merits are our own through faith and faith alone. I dare say probably many of us, if not most of us, know John 3.16. Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, a religious leader. But most of us don't remember John 3.17, the very next verse, when Jesus reminds Nicodemus, who is in a cage of hopeless laws that he could never fulfill. And Jesus said to him, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through Him, that is Jesus, the world might be saved. To the Samaritan woman at Jacob's well, being passed around from one man to another, one broken relationship after another, Jesus says to her, The water that I will give you, it comes from a spring that wells up even to eternal life. To Mary and Martha, who are locked in the grief over the death of their brother Lazarus, Jesus says to them, I am the resurrection and the life. To Peter, who had openly and willingly denied Jesus three times, he gives him a new purpose, a new mission that not only changed his life, but changed the world. When Jesus said to this broken, denying brother, Feed my sheep. But freedom has a price, doesn't it? Of the 59 men who put their names to the Declaration of Independence, five of them were captured and tortured before they were killed. Twelve had their homes ransacked and burned. Two lost their sons in the war. And nine fought and died in the war. Freedom has a high price. On the night before his death, Jesus was bound and taken to the high priest. He was slapped, he was spit upon, and then they sent him to Caiaphas. And then blindfolded, he was struck in the face with fists and beaten by the guards. The next morning they took him to Pilate, who passed him off to Herod. And Herod dressed him in a purple robe, sent him back before Pilate, and He was crowned with thorns, stripped naked, and scourged, which is a real nice way of saying beaten with whips. That beating was so severe, it almost killed him, even before he went to the cross. Struck and spit upon again, he walked down that road which bears the name the Via Della Rosa, the way of sorrows, for it led to Golgotha, which means the skull, where he was stretched out on two pieces of wood and three iron spikes were hammered into his hands and feet. His friends ran away. He was stripped naked. The crowd gathered around and made fun of him and laughed at his pain. And in that moment, the word, the truth, freedom Jesus said three other words it is finished but with these words 
Our bondage was broken. Our sins forgiven. And the sacrifice was complete. Death is defeated. Paradise is restored. It is finished. It wasn't a cry of defeat. It it wasn't Jesus succumbing to the inevitable victory of sin and death in His life or in our life. No! It was a shout of victory. It is finished. Let freedom ring. You want the truth? The death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ means you are free. You are released from the captivity of the liar, and your prison doors are wide open. We are set free from the condemnation of our sin, from the pain of our past, and from the worry of our future. No one can rob us of this freedom because it belongs to God through Jesus Christ and it is God who has given it to us. And each day, we discover the extent of that freedom. As we grow in our walk with Jesus, His liberating power unlocks more and more of the prison doors that are in our life. And finally, every believer will experience ultimate freedom in the resurrection of the dead and in the life of the world to come. You are free, full, final, and forever. So, my brothers and sisters, this afternoon, as you go about your festivities, or as you are with yourselves, remember that this is not just an Independence Day of our nation, but that every day in Christ is an Independence Day of freedom from sin from brokenness from guilt from pain you are free and that is something to celebrate in jesus name amen